welcome to I'll Start Monday, the podcast that tackles everyday issues and struggles that affect us all. Each episode, with the help of our expert guests, we hope to offer you a little bit of advice or something practical that you can do to make a positive change starting Monday. This week, we have two guests here with us in the studio to discuss smoking, or rather, quitting smoking. I've had my own struggles with this awful habit in the past, and I'm joined by two people who have gone through their own quit journeys in the last couple of years. I'd like to welcome Tracy Kerr. You're very welcome, Tracy. How are you? Fine, thank you, Keith. Good, good. Final do. And Connor Heine. How are you, Connor? Oh, good, Keith. Thanks for having me on. Great. Thank you both for joining us. Um, listen, we're going to start with you, Tracy, if that's okay. If you could just share with us a little bit of your background, how long you smoked, when you quit. Um, who were the <laughs> who are your young friends that made you start? I want everything, all the details. Um, well, my young friend that made me start was um, probably myself. Mammy and Daddy's cigarette boxes and see could I get away with sneaking one or two out. And um, I used to meet my friend at the top of her lane and she'd have our father's wood buying and I'd have the proper posh carols and rockmans with the tips on them. And uh, we just started from there. And if she stole two on a Tuesday, I'd try and get four on a Wednesday and, you know, just kind of grow from there. I can recognise myself in that story, Tracy. Thank you very much. And so you so you were, was it heading into school? Was it a daily thing? Was it? No, it's not. And the evening times after, um, I suppose, of homework when I was allowed out. Um, I was the only one that would walk up. Our lane was very dark in the middle of the country. And I was the only one who wasn't scared to walk up to the shop for mummy and daddy to buy their cigarettes. So um, instead of buying 20 for mummy and 20 for daddy, I was getting 40. So the amount that owned the shop wouldn't cop on that I was buying them for me. Very clever as well, Tracy. Yeah, very clever I'm as well. Absolutely, yeah. Two steps ahead of them I was. <laughs> and that just continued then? You just Once you got your own money then, I presume, it just became, was it just part of who you were? Part of who I was trying to be because all the girls at school smoked. And um, I went to an all-girls school in Drogheda. And um, in my national school, there was three in my class. And then in this class in Drogheda, there was 32. So trying to fit in with their culture. So you were the outsider. Oh, I was the big outsider. Yeah, absolute. And that's when smoking really took hold then. The cool kids went off and smoked. So I wanted to be one of those. Didn't we all, Tracy? Didn't we all? Um, and then I suppose after school and you obviously then at some point got your own money and continued smoking. Like, at, what was were there times when you were young where you thought, like, was it just great always? Or was there times where you thought, I, sh- I shouldn't be smoking, I should knock this on the head? Oh, they're horrible, rotten things. They were horrible. Even when I gave them up, I didn't like the taste or the smell of them. I could always have a mint or something to eat while I was having a cigarette. Mm. But you persevered. I persevered, yeah. And then they took hold of me. So uh, I was addicted to them at that stage. So there was no point giving them up. What was the most you were smoking at the, you know, the height of it? During the week, um, 20 a day, um, say going out for a night, um, definitely 40. But then you're swapping your share in them, so... I definitely have 40 bought if I was going out. Yeah, you really fly through them on the night out, don't you? I do remember that. Yeah. I should look at the crack in the smoking area when they quit smoking in pubs, which was the best <laughs> thing that ever happened. The best crack and happened I, in the smoking area, didn't it? People were taking up smoking just to ha- have the crack. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Connor, 
We'll go to you. Could you tell us a little bit about how you started and a little bit, a bit, a bit about your background and you know what you're up to? Yeah, so as well, my smoking journey started back when I was thirteen or fourteen. Um, I was always sports mad, and I always said I'd never be the one to take a cigarette and put it into my mouth. Like, but I got to thirteen, fourteen, and look, you start changing as you get into secondary school, and you meet friends, and you get into little groups, and like if one smokes, you all kind of have to smoke, and it started off as one cigarette here and two cigarettes there. And, then you had a box in your pocket and you were trying to hide them from mommy and daddy and so they wouldn't find them and you were leaving them places forgetting about them and look eventually it came to a stage where I was caught out with them and I kind of just had to own up and say oh yeah they're mine because the, the previous day they weren't mine they were they were James or they were Michael's like and oh you have a second box now but why, why have you got them for them again today like you know look it was one or two here and there as I kind of grew up and it kind of got to a stage then where I couldn't go without them. I got to 17 or 18, I was smoking 20 a day and it just wasn't, it wasn't good like. And had you, were you continuing with the sport? Oh, I still continue the sport, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of balance, I tried to balance it out like. But getting the balance right, isn't it? That's like. Come off the, hur- come off the hurling pitch and have a, a cigarette afterwards like having a chat with the lads. That was the normal thing. Oh to yeah, do. sure. I remember lads having a cigarette at halftime playing hurling and football. Oh yeah, the junior matches would be like that, all right. It was the norm, you know. The manager handing out the cigarettes at half time. It was all so so intertwined with what we were doing, wasn't it? And did you find that playing the sport and smoking, did you think that this is not good for me? I'm not as fast as I could be. I'm not as, you know, good as I used to be. It's slowing me down. How did that weigh on you? Well, I started to get a wheeze in my chest. And if I was playing sport or even just messing around at home or whatever, I had this wheeze in my chest and I started to cough. And it was killing me that I couldn't do the things that I used to. Like I used to run 5Ks or 10Ks and it was starting to get to the stage where I was deteriorating that much that I wasn't able to do that anymore. And without coughing a lung up or without wanting a cigarette halfway in the middle of it to, to try and open my lungs, as I used to say. Um, and that's kind of where it, it hit me hard. I was like, it's not, I'm not how I used to be. And, and this is the reason why. But I presume it was a struggle because you were thinking that in your head, but you were still smoking. Oh yeah, I, they had such a strong hold over me that it didn't matter that I was deteriorating and I still just wanted to play my sport but I also wanted to have my cigarette. I wanted to have the best of both worlds. So, I mean, I, I totally uh, understand where you're coming from. So you're, like, you're dealing with guilt as well at the same time, aren't you? You feel bad about it. Oh yeah, you, you know what you're doing to your own body but and you're also not being able to perform at the highest standard that you want to be able to perform at. But you also feel like you're treating yourself with a cigarette after going and having a workout or going to the gym or playing a hurling match or football match. And it's just like, that's your treat. Like, and how do you argue with that? Like, yeah, I know. And it's so kind of, it's counterproductive, but also it's something you, yeah, you feel like you deserve your treat. Um, and how were you then when you were out of the weekend? Oh, going out of the weekend, I was, I was like Tracy. You'd nearly have 60, 60 in your pocket just because you know people are going to be looking for them. You're going to be smoking yourself and, Sure. Once you get a pint in the bar, you're going straight to the smoking area. That's where you were living for the weekend, you know. And uh, maybe I can a- I can ask you, Connor, as well. The, the the morning times. What was that like before you had your first cigarette? Before I had my first cigarette, I was look. There wasn't very little time before I had my first cigarette. Straight out of bed, down, make coffee, have a cigarette. That was my morning before I gave them up. Um, there was kind of no talking to me if I hadn't had my morning cigarette. Um, I had to have it to function for the day. And look, that was before I, I ended up giving them up like mm. you know and was there like was was it was it waking up coughing cigarette grand get on with the day kind of thing 
it was more it was more wake up down the stairs cigarette kettles on <laughs> that kind of thing there was coughing in between yeah, yeah. God. and Tracy same with yourself was a cigarette first thing in the morning yeah, I get up at six o'clock first thing. If I had two cigarettes in my box and I'd wake up at six in the morning, I'd go down to the shop and buy cigarettes while the kettle was boiling. So I'd have more when I'd come home. Or if I thought I had one cigarette in my box, I couldn't sleep. Hmm. Um, yeah, get up, put the kettle on, go out, have a cigarette. By the time I was finished my first cigarette, the kettle would be boiled, make my coffee, bring it outside for my proper cigarette of the day. Your first proper cigarette. So you kind of had a yeah. few just to keep to get you going until you had your proper sit down with your cup of tea cigarette. Yeah, it wasn't a proper one until I had my coffee. Yeah. It didn't count. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember if I, if I couldn't sleep, if I woke up at three in the morning, I'd go downstairs and have a cigarette. And I was, I felt, I always felt, oh, this, this will help me go back to sleep. Yeah, you just wake up to have a cigarette. Would you set, set your alarm? Yeah, you know, to all wake up. Oh, no, I'm awake now, I'll go and have a smoke. It must be a sign I need one. So Tracy, tell us, when did you decide to quit? You probably decided several times, like most of us, but what was the final thing? Well, I, yeah, I was vaping, and the final thing was when I went to see a cardiologist in Beaumont, and I have a black artery on my leg, and no smoking operation. If you're smoking, go away, basically. So it was my health or the cigarette. So that was at the last final straw. That was straw. the final straw. And you, you had been trying to give up, I presume. Yeah. Like how many attempts would you have made? Oh, probably 20. Like I wasn't serious. I was going, oh, I'll give them up. Yeah, because I can do anything I want. I'll give them up. But no, the cigarettes had a hold on me and I couldn't give them up. And then the more I thought about it, I said, like, I actually held a cigarette in front of me and I said, how does this happen so tiny? I have so much control over my life. And I said, this is it. it's time to take back control. I've got worse things. I've got over worse obstacles. So I'll take on this challenge. When I saw the uh, campaign for Quit Smoking 22, I said, right, I'm going to jump on board with this and see what I can do. And I hear what you're saying about like, I've gotten over worse things and quit smoking. But the thing about the smoking is you feel like it's helping you get through the worst things, if you know what I mean. Oh, but it did. It, they were my best friend. And now for, say, definitely the first three months that I was not smoking, I was so lonely because I had lost my best friend. That was my space to go outside on my own and have my cigarette. Yeah. Because even though the kids didn't see me smoking, I'm sure they could smell it off me. But I was, it was all denial. No, I don't smoke. I don't smoke. When you were saying to your kids, I don't smoke, I don't smoke. How many cigarettes were you trying to not smoke every day at that time? Five, maybe ten, and then it started going back up again. So you would cut right back and then you'd have five. And that's, you know, that's progress, isn't it? Because, you know, it's... It well, that, that, was, that was five cigarettes and maybe a, a bottle of vape oil. Okay. You know, I was like, I, I wasn't, I was, I was really kidding myself. Yeah, that, but, you know, you're being hard on yourself because I think the thing with, and the thing that I know, so quitting smoking and anything really is, you will make some progress. You might fall back a bit. You'll make another bit of progress. You fall. That's how it goes. So, I mean, even to be down to five and yeah. some vape oil is, is it, it's a shift, you know what I mean? And once you make a shift, then you yeah. can see a bit of, you know, you can see a crack in, in the light and you can see a light at the end of the tunnel. So, yeah. Well, the only light I wanted to see some days was the light off my lighter. <laughs> And a cigarette in my mouth, but I got over it. You make it seem so poetic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, same question to yourself. So what was the final straw and how many times had you tried and, and was your head wrecked with it all? Um, look, going back to the whole sport thing, I got to the stage where 
I just felt my lungs weren't able for it. Like, um, I seen the quick campaign at the end of 2020 and I tried twice or three times in 2020 to give them up. I was off them for a while at the start of 2020 and then our dad passed away and the first thing I did was buy a box of fags and I just said to myself, I'll have one, but it wasn't like that. I was back on the fags straight away. Like, And my, myself and my partner fell pregnant with our first child in 2020 and I was at a stage where, look, I don't want her growing up in a situation where we're still smoking, she's going to grow up with smoke around her, you know, that sort of way. That was the, the kick I needed to to see where my life was going in what direction and how to change it. And then I came across the quick campaign, I applied for it and look, I haven't looked back since. Can you tell me a little bit about the quick campaign? I know because Tracy mentioned it as well. So what, what did that entail? So that entailed meeting, we, we, we met on Zoom a couple of times with, um, there were quit advisors and we got assigned a quit advisor and they would contact you I think I had one every week for a while and then it was pushed out every two weeks. So it was just kind of, you had a goal then to still be off your cigarettes every time you spoke to your quit advisor. And they'd come on and have a chat with you about how you're doing, how you're feeling, uh, things you've noticed that are different, giving you motivation and a bit of support behind you. Like, And I found that great because I always had, okay, in two weeks' time, I'm going to talk to Michelle and she's going to be devastated if I'm, if I'm back on the cigarettes. Like, And I can't do that. You know, and it was a bit. It was a bit of pressure, I suppose, on myself, and I suppose Tracy will probably back that up as well. You had that expectation on your shoulders, and not only that, you were you were being plastered all over social media as well that you were giving up cigarettes. Yeah, and it, like I don't know, I couldn't deal with that. If someone see me with a cigarette, like that was the motivation I needed, and I suppose I knew that our daughter was going to be born in October, and that was where my head was at. Now I had a few hiccups along the way, like with to towards that October. But after the couple of hiccups that I had, where I had a couple of cigarettes, I was I'm, I'm a new man since then. You'd made the shift, you know, uh, consciously. So then when you did have your few hiccups, it just wasn't the same. That's that's kind yeah. of once you, I feel like once you break the habit and you, even if you do go back, it just isn't the same. But there's definitely something in that. It's like making it public, like telling people, um, making an announcement. And I often hear people saying, you know, if you're going to give up something whatever we're talking about, you know, say it to your, all your friends on Facebook because then you feel accountable, don't you, Tracy? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like telling people you're off the cigarettes and then smelling them off you um, wouldn't do your street cred any good. So I had to stay off them. Whatever about your street cred, it's it's the children that'll uh, <laughs> that'll give out to you. It's when your ch- when your children start giving out to you. <laughs> my children are my street cred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have a young lad at home, and he'd give out to me, and that that I just wouldn't want to face his wrath. To be honest with you, so. That kind of support, Tracy, that you got, obviously being answerable to somebody, but also probably advice as well, that's probably invaluable, is it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I used to love Monday mornings coming. Um, I'd get the call from Madeline, my credit advisor, and uh, I used to look forward to her ringing me so I could say, yeah, I'm after doing another week and I haven't smoked. And it was great. So she rang me in February and it was like, yeah, I'm a year off them now and I have not had one cigarette or fallen off the wagon in any way whatsoever. Now, there are a few days I'd get up and I'd say, oh, I'd love a cigarette, but I'd let that pass and it's gone. Like even up to yesterday, I had a cup of coffee and I was, oh, I'll go out for a cigarette now and then. I'd, oh, no, I can't actually because I don't smoke anymore. You know, it's just habit more so than anything. But if I smell a cigarette off anyone now, it just enough mm. makes me sick. Yeah, that is interesting that that happens. So how long are you counting the days or the months? How long is it now? 
No, I well, I was. I I only know it's it's not that I'm counting every day. I only know um the twenty first of February to twenty two. I gave them up because I have a sticker in my press, and every time I open it to get sweets, I say, yeah, well, I'm gonna leave some off the cigarettes. That's my new smoking is eating sweets. That'll be the next thing. That'll be for next year. How has life changed for you in the year then? Well. I'm, I'd say it wasn't easy. Now, the first three months were not easy. I knew when I'd wake up in the morning, I didn't want to get up because I had nothing to get. I had this selfishness in myself. I have nothing to get up for because I don't want cough because I have no cigarettes. So I'd have a lie on. I'd stay in bed till half seven. You know, I could get up at five or six in the morning, go down and have coffee and cigarettes. And I would stay in bed much longer and go to bed a lot earlier. I did save a lot of money. I insured my car for the year with what I had saved and um, now I'm just spending it on useless stuff I don't need. So I have to start saving it again. Yeah, I think the thing, I think the, the trick is to put that money that you would have spent on cigarettes every day somewhere else towards something and then you kind of, you can see the, you can, you buy something specific with it and, yeah. then, and then it makes it, you know, makes it a little bit easier. Connor, how is, so, so are you a dad now? Yeah, I have two kids now. Um, I have a boy and a girl. Oh, look, yeah. my life's changed drastically since I joined the campaign. We had our little girl, I think it was just before I joined uh, the campaign. It was January 21, I was in the campaign, and then we had our little boy last August. So look, it's it's all going my house, but my own life, I was saying it to Tracy earlier, like the taste buds in your mouth that you don't realise you've never had. Foods that you like, but you don't really like them because you can't taste them. The smells around, like smelling somebody that smoked now, it just it just makes you turn away from them. Like it's just it's horrible. Yeah, like aftershaves, simple things, perfumes, like flowers, like things you don't realize that the smell of smoke is covering up for you. Um, and just being able to smell those sort of stuff or taste the spices in food and say that is actually horrible by fed for so long. <laughs> so it's actually realizing that the things you've been eating for ages are horrible. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it is, yeah. Yep. Um, but being able to enjoy the things that you actually do like now as well, like the proper taste of chocolate and not just that horrible taste in your mouth just that it leaves in your mouth. It's, you can actually yeah. taste chocolate now or, you know, like Skittles, for example. They were all just one taste for me at one stage. Now you can actually yeah. taste the rainbow, Connor. Now you can distinguish between them, <laughs> even with your eyes um, closed. The, the thing for me was the smell of my clothes on a Saturday morning or, or, or you know, Sunday morning. They, they didn't smell like I'd brought the pub yeah. home, you know. Did you use any kind of NRT? Like, did you use patches? Did you use gum? Was there any, do you use, use that at all? Or is there, do, you, do you have moments of weakness where you need something? Um, at the start, I was using the the mouth spray and the, the gum. I found, because I was, I was terrible for just jumping in the car and the first thing I'd reach for would be a cigarette. Before I even put the key in the ignition, would be a cigarette. And anywhere I would go, anyone who'd see me would see me with a cigarette up on the steering wheel. And that's just, it was just the way I was. The car was my my trigger point for cigarettes. And so when, when I used to get into the car, I'd take a, a piece of gum and just eat it in the car. And that would be my kind of release option then for, a, that was for a long time. But I suppose once I made those new pathways for myself and broke the old habits, I didn't need the gum or I didn't need the spray anymore. I was able to just say, no, I'm, mm. I'm better off without them. Like, what, what did you, what, do you mind me asking what you did for a living? What was the, what was your work? Um, so back then I was a door-to-door sales rep. 
So I was out in the, the air all day and look, it was, it was stressful. It was, that was always my mm. excuse. It was stressful. So I'd always have a cigarette, but I'd always, I might knock 10 doors and I'd have a cigarette. I could knock three doors and have a cigarette. It was just, look, I had to, had to break old habits and make new pathways that I was able to walk down. And the kids now and sport and all that kind of stuff, is, are you very active as a family? Well, look, my little girl is two and she's kind of, she's all go every day. <laughs> there's no uh, relaxing with her so and the little lad he's eight months so he's just kind of getting up on his feet as well so we're all over the place with running around and stuff you don't really have a choice to sit down yet it's when they go to bed you're wrecked and you just kind of jump on the couch and say right I have five minutes now before I go to bed because I have to go up in the morning and work for five like and yourself Tracy do you do you find things have changed like with with exercise and stuff like that I know you mentioned you had you had a difficult first three months but after that um exercise no, not really. Um, I'm waiting on surgery. I'm actually going in next week to have it done. Um, I'm not able to walk. With um, I have blocked artery on my leg, so it's stopping me from doing anything. So as soon as I have my surgery, I am going to just get out there and start all over again. Mm. And I suppose the thing is now that you've uh, quit the cigarettes and you have that surgery, you're in the right place. You know, you're not saying I'll have the surgery yeah. and when the surgery's over, I'll quit the cigarettes. And then, you know, so you've done, you've done it the right way. Yeah. Was that a direct result of the smoking, do you think, Tracy? Well, I think it was. My sister, who also smoked, had the same operation last year. Um, she was smoking a lot more than me and uh, she had the same surgery. So we kind of think it could be hereditary. We don't know. Yeah. But it's caused yeah. by smoking. But most of my family all smoked anyway. We were brought up in a cloud of smoke. You know, if you opened the windows, oh, is that what you looked like? I could see you now. Oh, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that we, we didn't. We didn't know. We we know better now. And did you use at the time when you were when you were quitting? Did you use gum or spray or? I used the patches and the mm. thing you vape off the, the inhaler. And they were helpful. Absolutely, yeah. I mightn't have put the thing into the middle of the white thing for inhaling, but I was using it empty. But it was just something to do with my hand and habit. So now for the last maybe three months, I haven't had that. And I'm just totally, everything is gone. Brilliant. Well, best of luck with the surgery. And, and uh, yeah, it's really fantastic. Connor. just around um, the whole area of mental health, did you, did you find um, when you're on your quitting journey, did your mental health improve? Or had, you know, had you, if you look back on it now, was there a change? Yeah, like looking back on it now, there was a, there was a huge change in, in not even just my mental health, but my physical health as well. Like at the start, when I started to quit, like it was tough and it, it is tough. Um, it's nothing's plain sailing these days. Like, and I found that I was, I was very moody at the start and I was, I was struggling a little bit, but I got into little habits of going for walks just to, to clear my head, going to the gym, even going just to watch a sport, sports game or watch a GA match and those things as I went along I found myself getting happier I had more energy and look I never looked back from it like I'm a different person now than what I was a year and a half ago you know it's interesting that we kind of say oh I'm just moody or you know don't talk to me in the morning or whatever it is and we feel but you know it's all it's all to do with mental health physical health getting out and about and as you said as, as things change as when, when you knock the cigarettes on the head and you found yourself getting out and about, even just going to watch a match is, is great for, for mental health. Yeah, you were just kind of replacing one habit with a new, better habit. Like, and you were, as they say, you were kicking the habit. Once you kind of make those new pathways in your own brain, that like, you know they're better for you. 
it's great for your your mental health and like look you're you're proud of yourself for giving them up you're proud of yourself for for changing your life for the better and overall it makes you a happier person like and you kill you kick the guilt as well which is a huge thing tracy mental health wise did you find things changed for you yeah um i wasn't as moody when i gave them up as i was i, I wouldn't say moody but you know if you're in a situation and you, all you want to do is get home and have a cigarette because I never smoked really at the end um, out in public. It was always when I get home and I'd be very moody until I'd get home. That's kind of got a lot better. I would have killed a man for a cigarette. I would have killed a man anyway, but I would have killed him for a cigarette. But once I had the cigarettes, I didn't kill him, but I get over all that now. So I don't want to kill anybody anymore and I feel a lot happier. Yeah, I think not wanting to kill somebody is definitely progress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, okay, here's the big question. What advice would you give to someone looking to quit smoking starting Monday? Connor, we'll go with you first. Um, look, the first thing I'd say is never keep telling yourself I'll start tomorrow. Like, if you're going to do it, today is the best day to do it. If you have a box of cigarettes in front of you, throw them in the bin and start. I know it's 14 or 15 euro now, but it's the best decision you'll ever make. Put that 14 euro into a savings tin every, if you're smoking one box a day put that into a savings thing and like you won't feel it before you have enough there for a holiday or a new car or you know even looking towards college if you have younger kids or you know it's, it's a lot of money think of that when you're going to give them up thanks Connor. Uh, so uh, starting monday don't wait till monday start today would be your advice um tracy same question to you what advice would you give to somebody who wants to give up smoking well the way i found it was personally for myself don't say it's forever because forever is a long way away. I give them up and I was going for a week and then it went into two weeks and then I got the third week and then it was a month. So I said to myself right after that month, oh, well, I can do this. I'll do it for another month or two. And that's the way it went. So then I brought it up to, right, I'll start smoking now when I'm 65. And then I went to 70 and now I'm up in 80. Well, I'll go back and then when I'm 80. Because it never is a long, long time away. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. That, if that makes any sense, that's my logic. It totally makes sense. That That's exactly how I, I was like. I couldn't do that never again thing. Um, yeah. So I had to break it down. And absolutely, that thing was like, I'll go back. I'll go back smoking and drinking when I'm 70 and push that out every, you know, every five yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic advice. Connor and Tracy, thanks a million for your time. Uh, some great advice in there. And best of luck with everything. Um, Tracy, best of luck with the operation. Connor, best of luck with the kids. And um, I'm sure we'll see you in the marathon in the near future. Any, any, any big runs might planned? Maybe in the marathon. Uh, maybe I'll see you both. That's what I meant. That's yeah, exactly I'll what I run meant. past the whole lot of you. <laughs> I, I, w- I wouldn't doubt it, Tracy. Okay, <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks very much. Keith, thank you. 